Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Doing well? Yeah, yeah. I was just telling you before we hit record that I um, woke up this morning uh, kind of abruptly, had a slight headache, and then went and did a strength workout, and now... Now I feel the euphoria of that, so it's all good nice. now. <laughs> you know, you, you, I sent you a tuple t-shirt, and you sent me a picture of you in the tuple t-shirt, and I was like, Derek's looking kind of buff right now. <laughs> I thought, uh, you know, I thought the angle was pretty good when I took that shot. Yeah, I'm it was a flattering look. selfie you, you figured out there. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the shirt, by the way. It's, uh, yeah. it's very comfy. It's, it's nice, right? I like the quality yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. If anyone, by the way, wants this tuple shirt, hardware.tuple.app, we got them. We don't ever talk about that, but if we technically have an e-commerce side of the business. <laughs> That's funny. How many? Uh, how much sales do you get off that? Um, uh, nothing, effectively. <laughs> it rounds to zero. Okay. We basically use it to like send people free shirts that are friends with us or like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've tweeted about it a few times. Maybe we sold a thousand bucks or something, maybe 500 bucks of t-shirts. Okay. Are you using a fulfillment service for that? I take it you're not packaging those up yourself. Correct. Uh, we use Printful. Okay. Nice. They just have a, a Shopify integration, and they just print on demand and ship them out. That's good to know. Yeah, works well. Yeah, it's fast enough that sometimes people be like, "Oh, I ordered the wrong thing. Can you cancel and like refund me?" And I'm like, "Not really, uh, but I'll, I'll refund you. But you're gonna get another version of the shirt. Uh, enjoy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So hmm. there's there's your life hack if you want to steal shirts from us. There you go. Start a little fraud yeah. ring there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The lucrative startup t-shirt fraud yep so i was on uh, another podcast i cheated on you oh no where, yeah. where have you been where have you been ben <laughs> about <laughs> uh, i was on the run with it podcast oh which is a part of the indie hackers podcast network i didn't know they had a network uh, there's a network that's news to me this is how powerful Cortland has become wow and this is why we must destroy him he's getting too big <laughs> yeah I thought the idea was interesting where basically they invite a guest on and they ask them for a business idea that they're not working on. And then they kind of like dissect it with you and talk about how, how would you start this business? How would you run it? That kind of thing in case somebody else out there wants to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea is you can, they they talk about an idea and someone can run with it. Is that the name? Exactly. The name comes from. Got it. Yes. And I think theoretically they can like, if you want, if someone like does it, they'll like hook you up with them. If you want to be an advisor or an investor or something, I I think, but I'm not sure if that happens that often. Uh, But it was interesting. I went and I talked about my um, like pricing pages as a service idea that I won't shut up about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So that was fun. I got to kick that around for, for half an hour or so with, with some people. Yeah, I've talked with um, my couple of guys from my mastermind group. We often get in these little like discussions about um, other people's businesses. And in general, I don't assuming that I know too much about someone else's business. So I would I would never actually do this publicly. But we've talked about how like this could make an interesting podcast where we just armchair quarterback someone else's (laughs) someone else's business all the time. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds very fun. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's like a version of that that actually would be good, like sitting down with like a person, like a if you sat down with the business owner and like could ask questions and then like and then poke them because like that's my favorite part about microconf is like like what what are you working on? They tell you like oh like what's what's going on? Like what are your what are your challenges? And they're like oh and like they kind of just like riffing and just say like well we did this and we tried this and this has worked well for us and I find that really fun. So maybe other people would be into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really are a f- totally fresh set of eyes. And of course, you don't have all the information, like the business owner themselves knows way more about all the nuances of it. But sometimes they have blind spots because of that. So 
that's where those conversations can get interesting. Yeah, definitely. I remember talking to someone, uh, this pair of people at MicroConf, and they were like talking about like, we finally hired a developer and he's working on this. And I was like, and like, the, and then like a couple minutes later, like, yeah, but the thing we really need to grow is like this thing. And I'm like, oh, is the developer working on that? And they're like, no. <laughs> and then they just kind of like looked at each other. Right. And I was like, yeah. Hold on. Okay. Let me go dive into Slack right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're welcome, I guess. Yeah. You know, sometimes just like someone pointing out something that, you know, isn't obvious to you because you're too much in, in it. I think could be, could be good. Right. Yep. I remember seeing a video of Paul Graham doing this with like various startups. He was at like some sort of conference and just like people would just come up like there just, I think he did three rounds of it or something. And he just like spent like 10 minutes maybe and just like, what are you working on? What's going on? Okay. And what, and what are you trying to do? And, and this is it. And like, just like really rapid fire, just kind of like doing office hours basically for them. And it was fascinating. And I could have watched hours of it and I, I couldn't find any more of it. It doesn't seem to do it like uh, typically as a public thing. It was such a cool genre to me. Hmm. Yeah. Something I want to get better at kind of related to that is just like receiving teardown style feedback, because I know that it's generally very valuable, especially if it's smart people who are giving you thoughts about things and bringing pulling in their expertise. I've been struggling to like keep the right attitude when like taking in feedback from folks about like the Savvy Cal landing page, for example, like because I'm the one that created it and wrote most of the copy, I knew what my intent was when I was creating that and the things I wanted to communicate. And then getting feedback of the form of like, yeah, I don't, this doesn't stand out at all to me. I don't understand from your website what, you know, how it's any different or like just people just honestly asking, yeah, I looked at it, but I just have one question. How is this any different than Calendly? And I'm like, oh, the entire website is designed to communicate all the ways it's different. So I guess it completely failed, but ah, so it's like really good to get that feedback, but also I have a hard time keeping a good attitude. I mean, I try to, on the, on the exterior, I try to keep a good attitude and I don't like, you know, be rude to people giving me feedback, but internally I'm like, it, it kills me. So I need to get better what, at that. What, what about that? Like, you're just frustrated that like you, you failed at making that message clear. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just like, because you pour so much, you pour so much creative energy into it and you, you know, you feel like, oh, I feel like I'm really dialed this in and it's, it's like the copy is really resonating. I think this is going to resonate with other people. And then to get that kind of response back is just like. Anytime there's like feedback that immediately potentially sets back 10 hours of work just is is uh, uncomfortable, you know, but necessary in this field. I mean, it's it's a gift. Yep. If you can get it, it's pretty, pretty valuable. Yep. Yep. You probably don't need more ideas for this. I'm just, I'm, I'm <laughs> just like, how do you address this problem? I have some ideas, but whatever. I'm sure you do, too. Right. The mindset part is is hard. I have a weird mental reaction when people are like, have you seen this competitor? Mm -hmm. That that has always rubbed me the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, <laughs> I get that you're trying to be helpful here, but like this still just annoys me for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so uh, we're shipping some things that I'm excited about pretty soon. So Tuple, pair programming app. Pair you know, usually means two, right? Sure, great. So we launch, we do, we support, you know, one-to-one -one pairing. Awesome pretty quickly people are like please please more than two please please more it's fine even if they if they can't do control we just we just need to add more people to this call like we're two developers and we want to bring in the designer or the product manager or whatever and so spencer's like this is a nightmare and i was like we have to do it and he's like i don't want to do it I was like we have to do it and he's like all right fine and he sort of made this like proof of concept -y mvp thing where i was just like it's fine if it's really simple it's fine that if it has all these hack like we just got to ship something and so we did and in classic fashion, it was like, 
it stuck around. It was like the 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 first version is what we shipped, and like it's just kind of we haven't really come back to it. And it's it's been kind of the like the observer experience. The third person on a call has been like pretty pretty unfortunate for a while. Finally, we have sort of circled back and uh, are are bringing it up to snuff. So. The first thing, like the, what's shipping soon, is kind of just like a passive. Like you're still an observer; you still don't have remote control. But like before, you couldn't like draw on the screen, and there are like these limitations around, like weird limitations because of how we coded it. Where it's like, oh, like you can only have an observer when you're sharing a screen, but not an audio call. Like what? Why does that make sense? It doesn't really make sense. Like things that people would just like report as a straight up bug. And we're like, no, it's not really a bug. It's just we just uh, we're shipping these like you know observers can be more you know do the, do the sort of passive things like annotations on the screen we're basically pretty close to also like figuring out like a true three-player mode where it's like okay it's not just like there's a real pair and there's like this kind of like downgraded third person experience it's more like okay you add a third person it's just there's just three it's three players and we're going to come up with some there's going to be some rules i think to sort of simplify it um and some like ways of interaction will probably be somewhat restricted versus just a two-person call um but but only to like sort of preserve sanity and, and make it understandable as opposed to like weird, just like you, you just can't do the things you want to do. Yeah. And interesting. So is this born out of like people wanting to truly have uh, N number of developers all together and like handing seamlessly handing control off between the three of them, like 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 three way pairing basically or three way multi person programming or whatever you want to call it. It's not a pair. <laughs> yeah. It's a mix. Some people care about their remote control abilities for the third person because they want a mob. Like they want to have three people on a, yeah, on a mobbing session. Lots of them, I think, do just want, are okay with just kind of the third person being a more passive person. We're going to tackle both because they're both legitimate things. Like mobbing is, is yeah, I, I never did a lot of it, but people, <laughs> since, since starting a pairing app, uh, I get a lot of requests for it. So there's a lot of people out there that want to actually do mob programming. It's one of those things that was like, I think they got asked for a lot and was also hard. And so the refactoring work that Spencer and Mikey have been doing for kind of months now, actually, uh, is finally paying off. And like the boulder is rolling down the hill. Whereas like all these, all these changes we've been making in preparatory refactorings that have been coming, like are finally coming together. And like this stuff is now kind of like just falling fast. It's just like, yep, we got that feature. Okay, now that feature, now that feature. Uh, and it's, that's really gratifying. Nice. That's a great feeling when that happens. Totally. Yeah. So uh looks like the investments are are it's now it's time to you know uh, harvest the the crop which is 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 the fun part. And I I'm, I'm excited to launch this I think people will be pretty excited. I mean it's it's been in the top 3 requested features for basically for, I mean since we launched it basically which was probably a year and a half ago. Yeah. So now taking into account like all the refactoring investment work that has already happened like how big of a lift is this? Are we talking like multi-month scope on this or is it like No, no, no okay so the the sort of like passive stuff is going to probably ship within a week or two the three-player thing requires some sort of some ux and ui stuff to to make it good uh but in terms of like back-end code support for that i think we're we're there that's you know feasible for december i think and speaking of ux and ui changes i uh, posted an ad for a product designer job description so i ended up with a senior product designer as the title after trying a bunch of different iterations and getting a lot of feedback I'm pretty happy with where that job description ended. Uh, I got a lot of feedback from a bunch of people and w- went through a bunch of iterations. And so it feels good to have, uh, I feel good about what we, what we came up with. Mm-hmm. I really yeah admire your 
job listings and will probably be shamelessly copying elements from them when I when the time comes for me to do that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we're we're all copying each other. There's stuff in mm-hmm. mind that I copy from other people, so. Yeah, it's a virtuous cycle. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, if you are a product designer or know a really good one, uh, please show this to them. Um, that would be super helpful. We're looking for someone that can kind of be fairly multi-talented or like or like kind of is inter- interested in, in being a bit of a generalist. So we're, we're, we're hoping for, to find someone that will build a, like, build a prototype, show it to users, iterate the prototype, come up with like a high fidelity-ish version, work with engineering to implement it, kind of product manager-y plus designer kind of thing. So someone's going to have like a strong influence on the roadmap of like, what should we put on there? And then also, okay, now once it's on there, how should it work? Okay, now once we have an idea of how should it work, are we talking to customers about it? And kind of and kind of owning a bunch of pieces of of that cycle, I'm pretty aware that what we're looking for is rare. Like a, a lot of companies would hire a product manager and a UX designer and maybe a separate UI person, even like an implementing like a front end developer kind of thing. We're kind of hoping to find that in or not. We're kind of we are. We're hoping that we can find uh, someone kind of like you, basically. <laughs> um, right. Yep. Uh, and uh, but so so we'll see. Fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah. This went live what yesterday or the day before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Yesterday. Not sure. One of the two. Yeah. So I texted you that night. I was like, has there been an avalanche of applicants? Um, ah, yeah. And so your response was, well, the bar is high, right? The bar is high. The bar this. is high. There's not. Yeah. And I also, yeah. I made the application bar kind of challenging. Like I said, to apply, sign up for a free trial with Tuple, do a pairing call with somebody, and then write up a short description of how, like, how you would improve some part of that, that process. It's kind of asking people to do a lot to apply. Sort of intentionally. I'm hoping to not have like the Adam Wathen, we have 900 design applicants uh, problem. We'll see if this like turns out to be a good approach or not. Like maybe maybe the bar's too high and like we're missing out on people that would, like are just like, I'm not going to do that. That's too annoying. I feel good about it as a first a first attempt. Yeah. Err on the side of, of having the, the barriers pretty high, pretty particular, right? And then if you need to, you can scale back from there. Exactly. I think it's a pretty attractive job. So I, I'm hoping it, that bar is not too high for what we're offering, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, looking forward to hear how that, uh, how that goes. This is a hard position. I think there's going to require a fair amount of like manual going out and recruiting people and like asking people to share it and whatnot. Because this person is already rare to begin with, it's, I think it's a, it's a challenge and, it's, and our standards are high. This is probably not going to be just one of those like, oh yeah, I just tweeted about it once and then like we found someone great. It's probably more like, working in the network at talking to lots of friends, you know, chasing down people. Hey, like, are, does this look like you? Are you interested in this? And, and, and doing, doing the work. But at the same time, I, I think it's totally worth it because the right person in this, this role, I think will be a really big addition to the team. This is a thing we've been like kind of dreaming about a person we've been dreaming about having on the team for a while. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty important role because it'll mean that you get to, you get to really delegate a lot of the mental energy of thinking about how the product should function and like what what the roadmap should look like. So there's quite a bit of quite a few responsibilities under this. Totally. Yeah. I think it will make engineering more productive because like they'll be getting thought through features to implement. We won't get blocked by design. Uh, I could be focusing on things like marketing. It's just it's it could have a pretty s- strong impact on the company as a whole, I think. Yeah. This seems like a really good role for someone who's in the in-between phase between like startups or something, you know, like a founder, an entrepreneurial type person who really likes to focus on all aspects of the product, 
when I tweeted this, I, it was I was not blowing smoke. I said if I if I was in the market for a job, this would be pretty close to like the dream role because you get to have um, a high degree of impact and and flex multiple skills together. Like I I really wouldn't have much interest in a job if I were looking for one. I would not be looking for something that's like extremely narrow. Like I just write React components all day long. Like I'd like to have you know my hands in more things and kind of help orchestrate more pieces of the pie. So. It'll be interesting to see if that if this ends up attracting someone who's kind of like maybe they've um, you know struggled to grow something or, or get something off the ground and they're just looking for for safe harbor for a little while you know yeah um, totally yeah I mean I, I honestly think someone that has some entrepreneurial experience would be ideal like that would make them a more attractive candidate in my eyes for sure like having because it's it's different to work at a small company like a thing that's just kind of getting going versus something that's big and established and so having some of that experiences would be handy and it would just be a good sign that like you're probably the right kind of person. Yeah. Yep. So, but you, you, you don't want to do this. You, you know, <laughs> well, sadly I am unavailable at the moment. Okay, fine. Yes. Why? What's, what's, uh, what's keeping your, what are you doing? <laughs> this thing called savvy cow. Have you heard of it? Oh. It's a new scheduling uh, tell tool. me about it. Mm. What's, yeah, what's, yeah. What happened this last week in, in that product? Oh, look at that transition. So smooth. Um, well, this this last week, so I released a pretty highly requested feature. It's the ability to embed. Cancel. Em- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh-huh. The ability to embed a, a scheduling link directly onto your website. Nice. Yeah. So cool. These are people where it's like you go to slash, like Tubal app slash meet with Ben or something. And then like there's a little widget dropped on there. Yep. Yep. So there's two, there's kind of two modes right now that it can operate under. One is if you have a, a link to like schedule with Ben, you can just drop like a, a little data attribute on there and put our script on the page and it will just turn that hyperlink into a open a light box embed kind of situation. And also like a, an intercom style, like floating button thing in the bottom that you can enable um, that ties to a link also. It's a fun little project to, to work on because I've obviously built embed widgets before. You know, that was the v- VO.1 of Drip was just the little email capture thing. But the world was far different back then. It was like jQuery and there was no React and it was uh, it was just a completely different tooling landscape. So I got to kind of you know, rethink this from the ground up and it was fun. A lot easier this time. Interesting. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you're writing JavaScript that will run in someone else's environment. Yep. Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. Is that hard, harder? It comes with some of its own challenges. I mean, you know, the, I think the hardest part is still like styling. Like potentially that's where the most bugs are going to come from is like when you're injecting your own HTML into their DOM, what kind of weird stuff do they have going on that might interfere with it? We had to handle a bunch of edge cases with that over time at Drip. And most of the time you can't anticipate all the ways that things will go go weird with that. You just have to release it and then take reports as they come in. The other piece is like, you know, thinking about how much browser compatibility do you want to have? Because now now it's like living on other people's websites and they may care about supporting older browsers than maybe I would for my own product. So that's the other consideration. Um, But what kind of person is using this or wanted this? I think like companies that offer like product demos, like schedule a demo with us straight off their website. I mean, I feel like I could have made the case that like you really don't need to embed this on your site. You can just link out to to another thing and it's like not that big of a deal. But multiple people, probably between five and ten people on independent occasions told me like, hey, really want to switch. I just have to have this. I need it. I need to keep it on my website. So like, all right, 
I'll do it. <laughs> Some people really want that experience and I want them to not ever navigate away from their website, which I can respect that, you know? That's, yeah, that seems, I, I, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I suppose. Do you show much branding if on the embedded version? So right now it's basically just, I went with the simplest approach, which is inject a light box with an iframe in it and the iframe has just the scheduling link inside of it and it shows my branding on that so it's definitely present just equally as present as it is on the on the hosted you know full page version of the scheduling link i wonder, yeah. I wonder if you'll get people requesting like a white more like white labeling or sort of like skinning with their own brand i i expect that to happen eventually and there's been some some allusion to it but no one's like deliberately said like i want to use this but i want to use it without the branding and they'll probably be um I'll I'll have a price tag for that, you know, when I when I do. <laughs> I remember you you had that with uh, the drip widget. You yes. could like remove the powered by drip thing for uh, if you were on one of the higher plans. Yeah, I think you had to get on was that on the 99 plan, I think. It sounds um, right to me. That's my yeah. recollection. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder if people will care about that or not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was fun to see you sort of like showing like the work in progress versions of this and then and then pushing mm-hmm. it out the door. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, some good marketing uh, leverage out of your your byproducts. Yeah, yep, that is that's continuing to continuing to feel like it's um, you know generating a good amount of buzz and momentum in the at least in the Twitter sphere, which has been nice, and still just leading to the, I mean this a consistent trickle of of signups and um, and conversions. So still still on track. Um, I need to get this. I need to get this curve steeper, I think, unless I can really truly keep 50% growth month over month. But I think it's going to, <laughs> as we talked about last time, I don't think that percentage growth will will continue. I think it'll look more linear. Um, so, so yeah, like I'm, I'm um, both happy with the way things are going right now, but also aware that like I, I want to get these, want to get these other flywheels going, which is what, uh, you know, Corey and I are scheming about right now. Totally. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, shouldn't you be just throwing giant uh, piles of VC money on this problem? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, someone get me a big old tank of lighter fluid. Let me uh, let's dump it on there. Throw some paid ads in there. <laughs> pay more than lifetime value for the customer for the mm-hmm. whatever branding or something. Mm-hmm. That's what they do, right? Yeah, I think. Oh, <laughs> like what would what what would you do with an extra like million dollars or something? I don't know. I mean, I suppose I would probably. Just to build out, honestly, more of a marketing team. I could use development help too. Like I could, I could definitely envision ways to spend a lot of money on this thing, <laughs> you know, to make it move faster. Obviously, outside of my risk tolerance and my goals, but uh, yeah, yeah. So you wanted to move like a bit faster, so like yeah, tiny seat faster, but not VC faster. Right, right. The next step is getting these um, channels tested, and so what Corey and I have been doing. I'm hoping to ship some stuff this week on this front is some revamps to the to the main marketing page that kind of align with this positioning canvas exercise that he's been uh, spearheading. And we don't know right now if the marketing site is working despite what it has on it or because of what it has on it. And that's the tricky, that's the tricky thing to know. Because <laughs> I think what happens with a lot of businesses that that achieve some um, some degree of product market fit is like a lot of things just happen despite all of the oh, yeah. flaws. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm, I like giving advice, but I'm also so skeptical of my own viewpoint on these things because it's just like, uh, who knows? Like, it's really hard to tell. Like what, you, you might be actively harming yourself and not really aware of it. Yeah, 
I think it's part of where my, what I was alluding to earlier, my, the reaction I have to um, extremely deep critical feedback of my landing page. It's like, I understand it needs to, it can be improved, but also like I look at the landing pages of my primary competitors. And to me, they, they look completely ineffective. Like I think they could, a lot of the criticisms that my landing page is receiving, I think theirs could, could equally receive that same feedback, like undifferentiated, too generic, doesn't tell me why I should care about this product. They just happen to be the dominant players. And so, you know, they're, they're winning and it really doesn't matter. But I mean, you do have to, when you're, when you're the new entrant, you have to work a lot harder, I think on, on standing out. But I'm like, Okay, but all their other landing pages are shit. So, like, why are you bagging on mine? Yeah, <laughs> take if it, only take that it, worked. Take it down a <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, like, like, like you say, you're the you're the new kid on the block, right? You right. Gotta, right. You have to. You're you're here to eat somebody's lunch a little bit. So yes, yes. You're gonna have to take away the lunch first. Right. Right. And I get that. I totally, I totally understand that, and I'm on board with that. But it's just like, it's just so funny to see like the the successful players being like schedule meetings in one click as their like headline and it's like that is the least compelling headline i've ever seen but i just have to be i have to be operating at 100x on like precision of copywriting just to you know just to make make inroads maybe but also like you know some of the feedback i've been it's like this this landing page just is completely falls flat doesn't speak to your usp at all and da 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 and i'm like well okay i'll take some of that but also it is working somewhat right now so like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who really knows? Who really knows? Yeah. But I mean, it's easy to be an armchair expert about someone else's thing. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But, hmm. Do you have like a number in your head of like, where you like a revenue milestone that you're like working towards? Like that feels really good to you? Like what would... I kind of have some napkin math that I actually need to revisit again for figuring out like what the essential milestones are, <laughs> you know, because, yeah, yeah. cause there's a burn rate, there's, there's money in the bank, yeah. there are expenses. I don't know. I like would love to achieve roughly speaking, like default alive status by, by spring. So we're talking in the 10, 10, 10 to 15 K MRR range within the span of, of, you know, months, not years. So, so like by like April ish, maybe. Yeah. Like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you could add three ish k, two or two to three k a month or something until mm-hmm. then would get you there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. How how feasible does that feel at this point? I think it's feasible, assuming that we're able to really tap into some some good marketing channels that aren't just the six to twelve month investment type of channels. Because I know a lot of things are in that camp. If you're going to try to build a content flywheel or you're going to invest in SEO, for example those things you can't really expect immediate results. So I think we need, we need to be focusing on a balance of those of things that are like longer term investments and also things that will hopefully, this is where you have to be really clever and insightful and tap into something that can, that can really work more near term and also be, I want it to be a, a, a thing that can be sustained, but I also want to see some, some more immediate results. And that's, that's where we really got to put our expert hats interesting. on. Interesting. I mean, that yeah. sounds like, yeah, I mean, that sounds like, paid ads kind of thing yeah potentially like like spending money up front to just make it happen just because you're if you're interested in now and you have a pile of cash maybe this maybe ten thousand dollars in paid ads turns into that few thousand dollars in right right yep so we're i'm actually we're planning on an experiment that will probably kick off maybe by next week sometime 
one of my competitors called Meeting Bird started in 2017. They're a little more obscure, but I've also been hearing rumblings after this announcement that they made. So they were started in 2017 and then were acquired shortly after. I think they went through Y Combinator. So a, a chunk of Y Combinator companies were just using them for, for demo scheduling and personal scheduling and stuff. And they were acquired by Front, and then an announcement just came out that Front is shutting them down. You have to migrate into Front. So I have a number of folks who came from a conversation. I think this conversation was happening among like the YC alum community of like meeting birds shutting down. Where are we going to go? And someone recommended Savvy Cal. And so it started some conversations there in conversations with people. It's kind of interesting. Like again, meeting bird wasn't on my radar at all. And it's, it's funny, like the marketing site looks like it's frozen in 2017. Like, like they got acquired, aqua hired, and then kind of just the product just, just frozen time. But I think a lot of people were or at least the handful of people that I've spoken to were using it with some specific use cases that Calendly doesn't cover well. And so like for them, it's like a non-starter to consider moving over to Calendly. And so it's like, I just happened to achieve some alignment with some of their feature set that might make me a really, really good replacement. And so I'm going to try like a little, a little campaign to, to try to appeal to, you know, former meeting bird users who are going to have to migrate off by sometime in December, I think. What are the features that they can't, that makes it Calendly a no-go? I think like more fine-grained like configuration around what calendar you use for what links and some of the nuanced things around um, the way team scheduling works, I think, which I don't have the team part in just yet, but it sounds very similar to, um, to kind of the way I was planning on structuring things. So just the fact that you are part of the conversation is a, is huge. That's awesome. Like someone knew you and liked you and recommended you in a, conversation you weren't part of that's like i feel like that's such a good sign yeah i've been i've been really encouraged by the word of mouth support that i've gotten that i've seen from from just various like twitter threads and stuff or like without me without me intervening someone talking about complaining about calendly or or complaining about scheduling in general and then someone mentioning savvy cal it's just i love to see it and totally yeah I've been scheduling people with SavvyCal as myself as a customer and had a couple of people go, oh yeah, SavvyCal, like I haven't had the chance to use this yet. That was nice and easy kind of thing. So that whole like viral component is or like flyable component, I think is probably kicking in a little bit too. I mean, and that's honestly probably another good argument to like spending cash to acquire customers is that like you could, you could maybe get this, like it, it could be that customers acquire more, like beget more customers for you in particular. Right. I know. And that's, that's where I, we have this kind of an ongoing discussion, Corey and I and and my mastermind group. And I think you and I have talked about this, like like if and when is the right time to experiment with freemium, because I know that that's that's a common play in this space is to, to give some away for free, give away a link for free or something so that it encourages people to more people to use it and more people to see the powered by link and kind of juice that viral viral loop. I don't I don't feel like now is the right time. I've pushed back against it. I feel like I want to experiment first with like a free trial. Like just kind of edge my way towards it and freemium feels like the last leg where it's like once I really feel like I have a lot of the things dialed in then maybe I can experiment with that, but I just don't I'm not ready to cannibalize revenue yet. <laughs> so, but I don't know. Maybe that's short-sighted, but yeah, I don't know. It feels risky at this stage yeah hard to say yeah 
uh, we, we go back and forth about this too for us mm-hmm. even, even in the less early stage mm-hmm. it's like the more like giving away some of it for free can make a lot of sense for sure yeah and i mean i suppose like tuple would be in a similar thing where it's like if you got yeah. a bunch of free users they would be sharing it with other people and potentially spreading uh exactly. spreading virality so yep yeah yep. yeah 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 it's hard hard i don't know these are the hard decisions to me mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. are the tricky ones yeah but i don't know it could be worth a test of some kind i have thought i've tossed around the idea of like could we do a free month like make a big deal about like tuples going free for january or something and just like no credit card required everyone but like just just jump on there and, and give it a shot and just see like Maybe we get like an SEO boost from people linking to us and like kind of get on people's radar in a way that we weren't before and things like that. There could be an interesting like not really freemium, but like limited freemium. Like, yeah, what, what could we give away that doesn't hmm. commit us to a model that we're not sure we want that right. kind of hopefully generates some of the same benefits? Yeah, because that's where I, I've been pitched a couple of times now on doing like those type of um, like AppSumo deals or whatever, where you like deeply discount and you get a bunch of people. But I just have a lot of skepticism about those. I know some people manage to make it work and it really depends on the dynamics of the business and the support burden and all that. But I'm like, I'm not eager about inviting like a bunch of customers that are paying like 20% of my normal uh, per seat price in perpetuity. You know, that that scares me. <laughs> like, Got to be real careful with that kind of thing. So I like the limited, the more constrained, time constrained type of um, deal. You know, Totally. Yeah. Adam has used this phrase that I kind of like and we haven't like kicked it around too much, but like he called it the uh, the tuple ambassador program just like someone like wanted to use tuple was like ah, i don't use it enough to like justify the current monthly cost like well what if we made you a tuple ambassador and we'll just give it to you for free or for discounted and you know you can use it if because you like it and you, you can spread the word and kind of get other people on there and something like that kind of appeals to me where it's like oh it's like a club it's like a thing and you know we we're gonna we'll both benefit here so you you get to use it for a much cheaper but you're going to invite other people and if you invite this many people we'll discount it this far or something and something like that yeah if you have a certain amount of influence or something if you if you just kind of determine yeah you're kind of an influencer and it'll be it'll pay off to to allow you to do this yeah right yeah Hmm. that's interesting yeah some cool things in there to to experiment with which is why Mm -hmm. i want to hire this damn designer yep (laughs) this kind of thing right because all of these ideas require you know work and shepherding yep. and continually checking in and iterating and all that so yep yep just can't do all of them yep can't do it all yeah so yeah again audience please if you know great product designers <laughs> please uh send them to our our thing mm-hmm. there's a link to the job description right on the, the home page at the top so can't miss it there you go yeah all right uh anything else um no i think we should wrap it all right notes of the show Notes for the show can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. See ya.